0: If you have your Bible or your iPhone or whatever, go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, and we could continue our series called um, uh, Bridges, which is a series about relationships. Last week, Pastor Brandon talked about uh, ways to repair broken relationships. You don't have to go long in life before you have opportunity to repair a broken relationship. Amen. So if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back, get the notes and uh, or listen to the message online in the church app and uh, and just get get the tools that you need to help you with relationships. Today, I want to talk to you about about building lasting relationships. You know, why are we spending so much time on relationships? Well, relationships meet a deep need in our soul. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 where God said, it is not good for man to be alone? Like, he said that because it's not good for man to be alone. That's why he said that. There's deep needs in humans that if you're not, if you're separated from relationships, that you're going to suffer in, in, in your life. You know, they did a a survey, you know, and and they found that people that didn't have uh, healthy relationships. They suffered all these different psychologically, physically, emotionally. They, they suffered so incredibly bad. They, they, uh, in 1940s, I think it was, there was an orphanage in London and, and, uh, they, all of a sudden they were losing all these babies and they said, man, what's going on here? They were trying to figure it out. It wasn't a virus. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. And somebody on staff said, why don't we, uh, you know, we're feeding them, we're taking care of their physical needs. Why don't we just start spending more time connecting with them and relationally uh, spending uh, emotional and, and, and psychological time with them, relating back and forth. And to their amazement, it went from fifty percent mortality rate to fifteen percent, and the only thing that changed is they begin to include in their schedule that each child would get hugged, would get loved, would get nurtured, would get cared for. How many of you know it's not good for man to be alone? Amen. In uh, King Solomon, he said in Ecclesiastes, he said, he said this. He said, a true friend can help you succeed in life. And this is what it says in Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. A true friend can help you get through the most difficult times of life. Verse 10 says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Solomon said, a true friend can help you win the battles that you could never win all by yourself. He says in verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. It's amazing the difference having friends and having relationships can make in your life. Amen. Now, listen, as we talk about relationships, Our society is continuing to devalue and demean relationships. But I want you to know, you can't do without them. You got to have relationships, amen? Remember King David, the great warrior. The Bible tells us, you know, the king that defeated Goliath, there was a time in his life when he was so weak, he was so burnt out, that he was about to lose his life. And he had a friend that came to his aid and killed another giant that he couldn't kill on his own. And David's life was spared. Even a great warrior needs a friend. And you might be powerful. You might be strong. But you need a friend. You need a relationship. Amen. Now, When it comes to building relationships, most people have really two challenges in life. Number one is some people struggle to build good relationships. You know, the reality is that some people don't have one person that they can call a true friend, a good friend. They say, I don't have a friend. And so I want to talk to you today. Because I don't believe that that's God's will for your life. I believe God wants you to have friends. Come on, y'all not saying amen strong enough. Amen. I need to know that y'all are with me here this morning. Amen. But here's another challenge. Some people struggle with building lasting relationships. You know, they build relationships for a while, and then all of a sudden, it falls apart. And so they have one broken relationship after another. I, I think what we're talking about today can help you make a friend and build lasting friendships. Amen. And so how do you do that? I want to give you three qualities that I believe can help you either build a lasting relationship or build a strong, healthy relationship. And the first one is this. Be intentional about building relationships. This is what Proverbs 18, 24 says. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, notice what it says. A man who has friends must sit around and wait till friends come. It's not what it says. A man who has friends must show himself friendly. There's a lot in that one verse right there. What this verse means, I think, is you have to take the lead. You have to take time to invest time and energy. You have to sacrifice. You have to put relationships on your schedule if you want to build relationships. Can I get a better amen? See, people who build great relationships take time to invest in genuine relationships. An unknown author said this. He said, I went out to find a friend, but I couldn't find one. So I went out to be a friend and friends were everywhere. Isn't that great? I went out to find a friend and couldn't find one. But I went out to be a friend, and friends were everywhere. So listen, if you want to develop lasting relationships, you have to first be intentional about being friends to others. If you got that, say, I got that. See, it's the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Now, we use this passage of Scripture when we talk about giving financially and stuff like that. We talk, we use this, this law of sowing and reaping when we talk about if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap to the flesh, which it definitely means this. But in this, verse of, in this passage of Scripture, he's talking about relationships. Paul says... We should do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the family of faith. Why should we do good to everyone? Because you will reap a harvest if you keep on planting. Amen. That's, that's, if you plant enough corn, my brother, you're going to have more corn than you're going to know what to do with. Amen. It's a law so in reaping. You know, you know, I remember, um, before I went into the ministry, I worked in the oil field and not long before I quit the all field, went into the ministry, I got sent to Ventura, California for six weeks and I got a, a recommendation of a church in Ventura that I could go and connect with because I, I was a new Christian. I didn't want to get out of church. I didn't want to fall back. I, I needed to get connected and planted. And, and so I went to this church that somebody recommended. And I went the first Sunday and it was like, wow, it was much like family life. Great worship team. You know, you know, it was just a free church, a worshiping church, a a word church. It was a great church. Amen. And so, you know, I enjoyed the service and I just clapped my hands and I worshiped and I sang. And as soon as the pastor said, amen, everybody got busy talking and I just stood there. I didn't know anybody. And after everybody left, I just slowly walked out of the building. I said, oh, I miss family life. I miss family life. The next week I went back, same thing. Great worship, great word. Everything was popping in. It, it was full of life. The pastor said, amen. Everybody took off. Everybody started fellowshipping. And I stood there. And then I got an attitude. <laughs> this is an unloving church. These people are not very warm. They're not very friendly. And the Lord rebuked me he said, no, it's not the church, it's you. You need to get up out of your pew and you need to go meet somebody and just make some friends. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and so the third week when I went and the pastor said, amen, they had some people huddled up. I said, excuse me, excuse me. My name is Todd Menor. Let me break up this clique right here. I want to be a part of it. And you know what? I made some great friends. And, you know, to this day right now, if I went to Ventura, California, I can get on the phone and call some friends and be in their living room in a minute. Amen. Come on. I'm trying to tell you, if you want friends, you got to be intentional. You got to invest the time and the effort. And I want to just stop and pause. This is not in my notes, but I feel prompted of the Holy Spirit. This might be a word for you. Whenever I say amen today, instead of bolting out of these doors, like you just robbed a bank and you don't want to get caught, why don't you just stay a little while and go meet somebody, introduce yourself to somebody, you might make a lasting friend right here today. Amen? Come on, if you receive that, say amen. See, people who build great relationships are people who are loyal. A friend... Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. So if you build lasting relationships, you have to be faithful. You got to be deeply committed to your relationships. Listen, in a world and in a society where there's no more loyalty, we throw away friendships and relationships like they're a new pair of gloves. You gotta be loyal if you want lasting relationships. You can't abandon a relationship because some difficulty happened. Come on, I need a better amen right there. Proverbs 17, 17 in the New American Standard says, a friend loves at all times. In other words, a friend doesn't walk out on you because you had a bad day. Amen? Amen? A loyal friend is one that sticks with you, especially when you need them the most. Have you ever heard of fair weather friends? A fair weather friend only shows up when things are good, when it benefits them, or they need something from you. That's a fair weather friend. It's all about me. Amen. Come on. I know this is tight, but it's right. Proverbs 18:24 The Living Bible says there are friends who pretend to be friends but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Don't be a pretend friend. Be a friend that sticks closer to We all need friends that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Everybody needs one. What kind of friend are you? Are you a fair-weather friend? Are you a genuine loyal friend? That doesn't throw away a relationship. you got to be loyal. Come on, you know what I mean? By loyal, it means if they're friend today, they need to be friend your friend when you die. You need to be faithful. You need to be connected. Amen. See, here's the bottom line. If we want genuine, long-lasting relationships, we must cultivate this principle of loyalty and faithfulness in relationships. And I'm telling you, our society, the word loyalty is a word we no longer want to talk about. Come on. I mean, in the olden days, you stayed friends for life. You have to be intentional about making friends. Amen. The second quality that will help you build lasting relationships is sharpen your people skills. Jesus told us everything we need to know about building lasting relationships in really one verse. I think it's the the one piece of advice that we need to build long lasting relationships and it's found in Matthew 7 verse 12 and this is what Jesus said. And everything therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the golden rule. Follow the golden rule. Is really the only relational advice we need to build relationships. Right? Treat people the same way you want to be treated. How many of you like, how many of you like to get, get, uh, you know, bulldozered over? No, I I don't either. How many of you like to be, uh, uh, rudely talked to or spoken to? No, nobody does. You see, the golden rule reminds us that if you want people to reach out to you, you reach out to them. If you want people to be kind and considerate to you, be kind and considerate to them. If you want genuine friends that will think of you when you go through tough times, think about others when they go through tough times. See, the golden rule says be, be the kind of friend to others that you would like to be The friend to you. That's the golden rule. And so we got to develop people skills. You know, I think some people have no friends or don't create lasting friendships because they lack people skills. They have the gift of rudeness. They have the gift of ugliness. Come on, y'all with me out there? Is that all right to say in church this morning? Come on, listen, God's people ought to be the best relational people on the planet. Come on, we need to have people skills, amen. And so, number one, we need to learn to give honest and sincere appreciation. This is an attitude thing. And so everyone loves and desires to be genuinely appreciated, don't you? How many of you like to be appreciated? See, unfortunately, we often are a lot quicker to criticize, to judge, to condemn others rather than show them genuine appreciation. You know, whenever you think about it, everybody likes to hear comments like, thank you for cooking that meal. Yeah, but she's my wife. See, it's an attitude thing. See what I'm saying? Thanks for helping me today. Thanks for your concern for me and my family. It's an attitude thing. Have you ever noticed the countenance on the faces of a waiter or a waitress whenever they've served you and and at the end of your meal, you say, you you actually like tip them? You put like some dollar bills with your track and you say, thanks for serving me. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes it, it takes their head back. You know why? Because they're not used to getting it. You know, Tiny and I went to, uh, you know, some of you probably have a Hancock Bank and uh, they charge me all these fees. And so, you know, I went, it was like, "Well, we're going to have to change banks. We're not going to pay all these fees. And went there and we walked into the lady's office and we said, man, we wanted to talk to you about these fees and was wondering if you could. And so we started talking through it and we got through it. And she's like, yeah, I got this other account. You could get it. And she, after we
1: got done, she said, this was the most pleasant meeting I've had so far with people that have come in to talk about their fees. And it just convicted me.
0: I did good that time. Y'all, y'all, y'all too far ahead of me. Hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I'm afraid that's not always my testimony. Are y'all with me? Come on, gang. We got to work on people skills, right? And so we got to learn to show appreciation. And you know what? Well, I'm not going to go into it, but we got blessed because of doing that. Amen. And so, you know, how about just show the waitress or the waiter instead of being, oh, this food is not. How about if we just say, man, thank you so much for serving us. It's their job. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's their job but it's also our job. It's our job to be Christian. Amen? Come on, y'all help me preach. If you think that's right, say amen. So Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. You know, there's two kind of attitudes we can possess. One is the attitude of ungratefulness. It's not hot enough, it's not salty enough, it's not cold enough, it's not warm enough, it's not, you know, all of that. Which takes for granted, when you're ungrateful, you take for granted everyone and everything around you. It's that entitlement mentality. But an attitude of thankfulness is where you genuinely appreciate everyone and everything around you. That's the kind of attitude I think the Lord wants us to have. Amen? With a, listen, no doubt, with an attitude of gratitude, showing genuine appreciation, you're gonna have more friends. Amen? A second people skill we need to learn to develop lasting relationships is learn to be genuinely interested in other people. You know, all things being equal, people are generally more interested in themselves than they are in others, right? It's human nature to be more worried about yourself than other people, right? That's human nature. So if you want to truly impact somebody, show genuine interest in them. You know, I've learned over the years that if you really want to start a conversation and keep a conversation going with somebody, just ask them a bunch of questions about themselves. And they'll they'll talk to you for an hour. Because people like to talk about themselves. And don't look at me like you're all holy. It's true of you too. Amen. You know, I, you know, Tanya laughs at me because like, I can't go in a doctor's appointment. You know, you get, you're waiting for the doctor and there's three, four people there, dentists or whatever. And, and there's this awkward silence. And everybody's kind of like, and you dare not look up and you catch eyes with that person that you don't know. I mean, oh my goodness, that would be so embarrassing. So I can't stand that. So I throw my magazine down and say, hi, sir. How you doing? My name is Todd. I mean, let's break the ice right here and just show genuine interest in each other. Amen. Come on. We can make friends if we show genuine interest in other people. Right. And so why does showing genuine interest in others work so well? Because it's the topic people know most about themselves. It's hard for people to find someone who is not consumed with their own life and just thinking about themselves. And not too many people are genuinely concerned with you and what's going on in your life. And so whenever you catch somebody, like when you go to say to to the waiter or waitress or the cashier or whatever, and you say, how's your day going, they might drop something because not too many people come through there and are genuinely interested in what's going on in their life. Come on, y'all tracking with me? If you want to make friends with others, show genuine interest. Philippians 2 says, don't be selfish and try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. Amen? How do you show interest? Show it by your words. Say kind things, complimentary things uh, encouraging words. Speak life-giving words. Amen? Show it by your actions. Smile. Greet people. Listen more than you talk. Find out what's going on in their life. Find common ground. Ask a lot of questions. That's what the apostle Paul did. To make a friend, he found a common ground, and he was able to win people to Christ. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians 9.22. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. So Paul learned the more he was interested in other people, the more people he could impact and influence. It's a great people skill. When you show genuine interest in others, it's going to help you connect with them and build relationships. If you got that, say, I got that. The third people skill we need to learn is to learn to encourage others. Everybody needs encouragement. Somebody said encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. Amen. And so just as your physical body needs air to survive, the soul needs encouragement to thrive. Amen. And so listen, people that struggle with the most with self-esteem, self-confidence, it's people that were never encouraged whenever they were younger. And so people are starving for encouragement. So everybody needs someone to believe in them. To love them, to support them, to stand with them when life gets tough, to build them up when life has torn them down first thessalonians five eleven says therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing what is, what is encouragement it 's an attempt to infuse courage and hope into somebody it' it's, it's just it 's an attempt to help people get through the difficult times it 's just putting into them some some encouragement whenever they feel like giving up or throwing in the towel. Come on, you've been there, right? And somebody just says one thing to you and you say, oh, thank you so much for saying that. I needed that today, amen. We need encouragement, don't we? So if you want to make friends, encourage others, amen. And so you can encourage people by just smiling, by just loving, just speaking uplifting Words, You know, encouragement is helping people see the good that they can't see in themselves. Encouragement is helping people feel valued, feel loved and feel special. Encouragement is helping people look past their failures and shortcomings. And if you think about it, everybody needs sincere appreciation, unconditional love and encouragement. Amen. And you know what I've learned? More about people's skills, about being a grandfather than ever before. You know, I mean, men, isn't it true like grandmas are the bomb? I mean, you know, they, they just have those grandkids. So I'm like, hey, I want some pie time, all right. But you know, I mean, granny here, gangan, I mean, Penelope hits the door and it's just like, is there anybody else on the globe? But man, she loves her gangan, right? And so I'm saying, wait a minute, i got to have some pie time. Come on, you can't disconnect with me. You can stay connected to her, but you got to stay connected to me. And so I've learned that when she comes in the house, I exaggerate everything. Oh, my goodness, Penelope is here. Oh, my, this is the best day of my life. And her face brightens up, and she comes running to me and throws herself in my arms. And I say, it's pie. It's pie. But you see, when Penelope comes into my house, if I just keep staring at that that one-eyed monster in the living room and don't pay any attention
1: to her, and I don't love her, and I don't encourage her, she's not going to care. And you know what I found?
0: That Penelope is a picture of everybody else on the globe. When you walk in a room and you got a... Long face like a Missouri mule eating sawbri on a frosty morning. People won't care to be your friend. But if you smile and act like you're genuinely interested in people, people are going to want to be your friend. Come on, if you receive that, help me out today and say, I got it. I got it. I got it. Amen. Okay, the third quality to building genuine, lasting relationships is develop godly character. Now, listen, I can tell you the truth. I found that the thing that has hurt me the most and has helped me the most in building relationships is my character. My biggest problem is my character. My biggest asset is my character. Are y'all with me out there? Whenever I am ungodly, it strains my relationships. Whenever I'm godly, It helps my relationships. And so 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Just because you said yes to Christ and you became a Christian doesn't mean you're godly. Amen? You got to train yourself to be godly. What, what is godly? It means to be godlike, Christ-like. It means to act or behave in a Christ-like manner. Christians are small Christ. We're disciples disciplining ourselves after the one that we love and we serve, right? Godliness is what we need to build strong, healthy, long-lasting relationships. So what does that look like? What is a godly person? Number one, godliness is living a spirit controlled life. If you want to live a godly life, you have to die to the deeds and the behavior of the sinful fleshly nature. Listen, if I walk into the bank and tear up a lady at the teller because I got charge fees, that's ungodly. Come on, are y'all with me out there? That lady won't want to come to my church if I treat her like that. you got to be godly, amen. And so if you want to live a godly life, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to control your life. Galatians 5.19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Listen, nothing will hinder you from building lasting relationships like your own flesh. In the flesh dwelleth no good thing. Amen? If you want to live a godly life, the Holy Spirit has to control your life. And remember, the Holy Spirit is not a it. It's a part of the Godhead. And whenever you get saved, it, the, the, we, yeah, we get the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit wants to get us. Amen? He wants to control us, right? Galatians 5.22 says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, nothing enhances relationships like the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Who doesn't want to be around someone who's loving? Who's joyful? Who's patient? Who's kind? Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Who has self-control? Who wants to, who doesn't want to be around somebody like that? Amen. How do you know if you're living a spirit-controlled life? What's the characteristics of your personality? What, what is, is it more that flesh or more of the spirit? You see, to be godly means the Holy Spirit. And listen, when you walk in the bank and you curse that lady out, you just got in the flesh. The best thing to do is repent, get back in the spirit because you just walked out of the spirit right in the flesh. You can be in here worshiping God as soon as you hit that foyer. You can begin being ugly, rude, and unkind, and ungodly, and you can step right out of the spirit into the flesh. And it's the flesh that will damage relationships. It's the spirit that will build relationships. Amen? Amen? And so I encourage you, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Amen. Godliness is also living spiritually, a spiritually disciplined life. How do you live? How do you live a spiritually? I want to live spiritually controlled. How do you do that? Well, you have to develop spiritual disciplines. In other words, like, you know, first, remember first Timothy four, seven, have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. It takes spiritual discipline. Like you have to develop the discipline of reading God's word. You have to develop the discipline of spending time in God's presence and worshiping him. You can't be more like Christ if you don't spend time with Christ. You can't be spirit-filled if you don't get in the presence of God. Come on, y'all with me? You got to pray. That's the disciplines. Somebody that doesn't worship, that doesn't pray, that doesn't read his Bible, I promise you he's going to have a tough time controlling that old evil, sinful, fleshly nature. That dude is going to want to rule and reign over your life. Amen. And it's going to cause you a lot of relational problems, right? The third characteristic of godliness is living in the fear of God. The fear of God. Psalm 112 says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It doesn't mean like I'm afraid of God, so I can't worship him, or I'm afraid to approach him. It means you have reverence for God. It means you have respect for God. It means you have honor for God. It means you you, you understand that He's all-powerful and that He's all-knowing and that He's in control over everything. And if He wanted to, He could take you out like that. And you acknowledge His authority that more than the president of the United States or your boss that you work for can ruin your life or your spouse or anybody else, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's in charge and you reverence him, you honor him, you respect him, you show him the, the, the value that he is. That's fearing God. And whenever you have a fear of God, you'll have value for people. You'll have honor of people. But if you won't even honor God or value God, how are you going to value people? See, it starts with the fear of God. you got to have a healthy fear of God. The Bible says it's the beginning of wisdom. A healthy fear of God causes you to walk in humility and say, God, thank you for not giving me what I deserve. Thank you for not holding everything I've done wrong against me. Having the fear of God is knowing, i got to keep my heart right with God. You see, whenever your heart's right with God, you know what it does? It releases the grace in your life to build relationships with other people. Because you carry that posture of Christ's likeness and godliness. We need the fear of God, brothers and sisters.
1: And when you have the fear of God, that's godliness. Godliness. When you have the fear of God, nothing else is more important than him. When you have the fear of God. Your life shows it. Your behavior shows it. We need the fear of God. Everybody loved Jesus. The children loved him. The outcasts loved him. The sinners loved him. Everybody loved him
0: because he was full of the love of God. When you got the love of God flowing in your heart and life, people are attracted. Y'all believe that? Would you do me a favor and stand with me as we close this morning?
1: Why don't we just go backwards right here for a minute? Would you just close your eyes with me for just a second? And let's just reverence God, reverence the presence of God. Thank you, Father.
0: If you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life to Christ, the Bible says, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body and after that, do nothing more. Fear the one who can determine your eternity. Fearing God means you're ready to surrender your life, turn your life over to him. If you've never done that, if you've never given your life to Christ and asked him to forgive your sins, I want to give you a chance to do that at this moment. If that's you, I want to pray a prayer with you. We're going to say a prayer together. Just raise your hand and say, Todd, would you you pray for me? I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life. Just raise your hand and just hold it up high. If the Spirit of God has convicted you, thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. This is your moment. This is your moment to say, God, I honor you. I reverence you. I need you. Those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray a prayer together. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you, Father. For being merciful towards me. Lord Jesus. I ask you. To help me. To live the Christian life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Thank you Lord. For accepting me. And allowing me. To be a part of your family. In Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Now just one more second and just, uh, in just the presence of reverence and respect for God. Maybe you need some work on your godliness. and Maybe, maybe you just need to pick up some new disciplines in your life. Maybe you're, you're, your time and your schedule is not allowing you to be at the feet of Jesus, to be influenced by Him to take on his nature and his character. Maybe you need to make a change today. You know, I've noticed whenever I start having problems with my relationships with others, it's normally because I'm having a problem with my time with God. The more time you spend with God, the better your relationships are going to be. And maybe today you just need to make a decision to say, man, I need to I need to be I need to be more serious about sitting at his feet and spending time with him. I need his power. I need his presence. Maybe some of you, maybe you just need to improve your people skills. And maybe you need to start focusing on other people by appreciating them and encouraging them and loving them and and showing excitement to be in their presence. Maybe you just need some warmth in your life. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that God you would just release your grace right now. Thank you, Father God. Lord, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helpmate for him. Lord, you put us on this earth to do to do life together, to love one another, to build each other up, to encourage one another, to support one another, to serve one another, to love one another. Lord, I pray, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to put value on relationships and friendships. Father, thank you, God, for releasing your grace over us. Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would do miracles, Lord, in our relational life today. I pray in the fa- in the mighty and in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. And everybody that agreed said, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. Have a great day.
1: You're dismissed.